0: going on everybody? This is episode number two of the WTH Breakout. Um, yeah, I am uh, coming at you from my living room this time on New Year's Eve. I am home alone. My daughter is at a friend's house and my wife is at work. So um, I get a little bit of free time before I um, get to play some video games before the wife comes home. So I figured, you know, I'm going to bust out an episode because it's been really, really busy lately. So, uh, yeah, we've, uh, you know, we had a last episode. We had uh, Chris, our German friend, my new friend from Germany on the show. And uh, I know that Wilson was able to get a um, get another episode in with him before he went back. Um, That has not aired yet. Um, It's still being edited. Um, but I look forward to hearing, hearing it cause I wasn't there. Um, cause I know there was a, so many more questions I wanted to ask that guy that we just ran out of time. But, um, so, uh, I just wanted to make this episode a little fun, uh, do some reflections on, uh, the past year on the show, um, how I think it went goals for the future and what I think, um, you know, what I'm expecting from this podcast. Um, As far as this past year, I've been pretty happy with the way everything's been going. Um, It's everybody on a lot of the other podcasts I listen to, they like to say how therapeutic it is and how relaxing it is to just be able to record and talk and have fun. Um, And that's, that's so true um, on so many levels. I mean, at the end of the week, because we normally record on Saturdays, and at the end of the week, you know, I had to go hang out with Wilson, you know, um, one of the dudes that's closest to me, and just I get to, you know, chat with him, check in with him, uh, you know, see how he's doing. He checks in with me, see how we're doing. Just get guy time. Um, you know, a lot of stuff happens before we hit record, you know. So a lot of the, I mean, at first, when we first started doing the, the show, we, um, would go over the show segments as plans. Cause I'm kind of OCD like that on like, how are we going to, uh, you know, the flow of the show and everything. And we end up talking about everything we're going to talk about before the show. And so I'm like, man, that's like, it's not like, uh, authentic, you know, because we were kind of already getting knowing what the other person was going to talk about. So a few episodes in, we decided to, you know, just say, Hey, I'm going to, I have a few things I want to say during this time, you know, so I'll take it over and he'll, or he'll take it over and we'll just go back and forth. And that way it, we're getting like authentic reactions as far as, uh, like, um, if I said something funny, you know, it's not, he's laughing twice, you know, it's the first time he's heard it. So, you know, we've definitely, we've been learning on the go with a lot of this stuff, um, especially when it comes to the music, you know, Brandon and I, uh, we wrote that song, uh, or he wrote that song. I kind of just, you know, followed him and everything. And it's a lot of learning this year. We, we've, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about, uh, the ins and outs, the to do's and don'ts of podcasting. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes as far as editing and even in editing, we've gotten better at that. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're pretty happy. Like we weren't um, expecting to be heard by four people. We were just wanting to like do it as more of a hobby and not a joke, but it's a hobby. And if someone wanted to listen, awesome, they're listening. Um, and it turns out like a hundreds of people listen from, you know, many, many different countries, which is kind of cool and weird because some of the countries, I don't know if they speak English. So I'm not sure if it's being translated or not, but who knows? Um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty happy about it. Um, we do have, um, I mean, at least I do. I, I, I like to set big goals for myself personally and also, um, you know, for the show. Uh, one of the you know goals for me for, 2020 that i want to do with the show is i want to do a live show um we could do it two ways we could do it where it's live like where you tune in and listen live or it's gonna be you know which which is more than likely uh live where we have an actual audience um we just wanted to get our numbers up a little bit that way we're not going to be doing a live show and only have three people show up um but we, we basically already have the venue for it. Thin Line Brewing has been um, very gracious enough to just, uh, you know, offer us. They, I think they've offered us a few spots so far to do it. But it's, um, it hasn't been, uh, you know, it hasn't worked out for our schedules to do that. I think the one that we were going to do was for the Brian Ishmael fundraiser. Um, but uh, we, we just, I didn't want to do a show during the Brian Ishmael um, fundraiser. I, I wanted to have that be more focused on him. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, I, I have like such, I mean, I'm excited about 2020 and what this podcast is going to, um, bring. I'm looking into getting some more guests, uh, uh, different guests, uh, ones that aren't really first responders, um, or, um, have anything to do with that line of work at all i i know some musicians in sacramento um that i'm thinking about getting on i mean it might be tough so we might have to do it like a a phone call style interview um but there's also um you know i like a few like actors people behind the scenes in in hollywood that run um uh like camera work and stuff just like i said i set my goals pretty high Um, I want to get on a few, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's that word there? The influencers. That's right. The influencers, but, uh, like YouTube influencers, but positive ones, not dumb ones that just open up, unbox gifts and be like, here, listen to me talk about this gift I'm opening. But like, I want to get some, some really positive guys on here. I've been listening to a podcast, uh, and it's it's lit a fire within me to to spread positivity and i think that's going to be my word for the new year the positivity stop looking at all the negative and just go go for the positive try to keep that glass half full and these guys on this um podcast i've been listening to um they 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 motivate me i'll be in the middle of work listening and actually you know i just i, I feel like like a new man like revamped like wanting to go after it so that's kind of what I want to do. Um, set my goals pretty high. Um, cause you can only go, you know, fall back, you know, I mean, if you set them high, I mean, you're good to go. You know, if you get someone a little bit less than that, whatever, they're not less to me. But, um, for tonight, um, I'm thinking, uh, wanted to talk about a few things, but I wanted to start it off. Um, I mean, I'm hoping this number doesn't go, um, any higher Um, but uh, on the officer down memorial page, it's showing that calculated for this year, um, we're looking at from December of last year to December this year, uh, 132 um, officers have um, fallen in the line of duty, which is down 20%, which is a good thing, but 132 is still too high. Um, So it's saying that... uh, 47 of them were from gunfire 45 were auto related and 40 was other. So that could probably be medical, um, like on the job, heart attacks or whatever, or even, um, I think one of them was, um, some nine 11 responders have passed away this past year, um, due to their illnesses from nine 11. So that's considered, you know, in line of duty. Um, but, yeah, those numbers are, are definitely um, way too high. we got to be better at that, um, especially the auto-related. That's something that we could all um, pitch in and do. If you see a cop pulling someone over, even a, um, what do you call it, uh, like an ambulance or a, um, sorry, my cat just jumped up here. And I think she wants to get on the podcast, but you can't be up here. Um so, like, if you see a first responder, that, that includes tow trucks, uh, police officers, ambulances, fire trucks. On the side of the road, move over a lane. Um, if you can't move over a lane, slow down. Give them room. Um, that's, uh, I hear stories of people all the time saying, like, how that's, like, their their biggest fear is, like, when they get out of the car, they're more worried about another car hitting them than than anything else. Um, let them do their job. Let them go home safe to their families because, at forty-five auto-related and forty-seven gunfire, I mean, man, we could easily get rid of like half of those just by you know paying attention. Uh, if you hear the sirens, move over. Um, if you see the lights, move over. It's 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 common sense. You know, I see it every day because I, I predominantly work out on the road a lot, and I will see people just not caring, just driving by like 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 it's just whatever, you know, uh, see how close I could get to this, uh, this officer or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why people, um, you know, not obey the law. Um, but you just move over and I I believe it's going to be new, um, this coming year, at least here in California, where, uh, if you're a, um, if it's a garbage truck you gotta do the same thing for our garbage truck. Now you gotta move over a lane. Uh, it's against the law. So keep that in mind. Sorry about that. I had to get my cat off the table. She was gonna knock stuff over. She likes the limelight. Like I said, she's a, uh, an insta kitty. She's on Instagram. Sophie the wonder kitty. Go friend her. Um. So yeah, let's just uh, be careful out there in the roads for our uh, first responders. But what I wanted to talk about today was something kind of funny. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. Um, like I got quite a, I mean, not nearly as cool stories as like a law enforcement officer, but I had some pretty cool stories from when I was a, um, security guard. Yeah, I know. Mall cop. Well, it started out as more of a mall cop. Very, very, very boring. I was a, um, A mall cop at this uh, outdoor mall in Roseville. Um, And predominantly my number one goal was to make sure people would not stand on the fountain. Exciting work. There was that. And then I also had to make sure that um, people wouldn't put soap in the fountain as well. So it was basically just make sure kids weren't being kids and sometimes it was like at my own discretion so i would have like a parent would place their kid on the fountain to take a picture i would let them take the picture real quick and then i would just kind of be nice about it i would say like hey you know just let you know like my boss doesn't want anybody on the fountain i don't care if you have your kid on there just don't let them go because they could fall on the fountain and hurt themselves um But I mean, I saw, I found people, uh, you know, that like jumped in there one time. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of funny. Uh, but nothing really major happened there. It was kind of boring, but that same job I got promoted. I know. Awesome. I then got to be a patrol officer, um, out in a college town nearby, um, in Davis, California. Now that was a little bit different because now I'm working nights and uh, nights is I preferred nights one because for me it was a lot easier for me to um, distinguish uh, I guess I would say bad behavior because the hours that I was working you know I'm working from like I think it was from 6 to 6 uh, you get around midnight and there's not a whole lot of people out so you don't have to like like weed through all the people and try to figure out who's doing what bad so basically if I see someone out and about, I could just, you know, watch that one person cause they're probably the only person out. So all my attention could be, um, you know, placed onto that one person. Um, I had a few incidents when I was out there. Um, so my area was, um, there's a town called Woodland and I had, uh, you know, like I think, uh, two or three apartment complexes out there that I would, um, patrol and then I had like four or five apartment complexes in Davis now between Davis and Woodland there's a highway called 113 and it's basically just goes through like a bunch of farms and then uh, you know they connect each other Davis is a bunch of college kids so that's where all my parties are going to happen Woodland is uh, basically more of a farming town Uh, so you have a lot of uh, Hispanics that live there um, and I believe there's a lot more of a gang culture there, but, uh, so one of my first calls, first of all, I had this, uh, um, I guess you would call him an FTO, but he really wasn't, I mean, they basically just a, a training guy to make, to just show me where my, where my, uh, uh, apartments were. And on the apartments, we had these little things where they're like, it look like little magnets and you had to like stick this uh wand onto the magnet and it basically recorded that we were there because you know apartments pay uh security companies to come out there patrol they want to make sure they're not just coming out there and sitting in their car which a lot of security companies do mine uh at my own apartment that i live in right now they do that they just drive through in and out they don't uh get out of their car and patrol in the middle I on the other hand got so bored that I'm like, you know what? I gotta walk around. So I would walk around. I would just find things. So I would do things like lights out audits. So if I'm at an apartment complex and I see that there's a light out, well, that's a safety thing. So I'm like, this light needs to be fixed because maintenance and uh, management at apartment complexes they're not on uh, site. Well, some of them are on site, but they're not working at midnight when all these lights are on. They're there during the day when the lights are off. So they don't know if the bulbs are working or not. So I'm just trying to find like safety issues for, uh, make sure well lit paths and stuff. So I would just kind of, I guess, be proactive with everything because it also kept me awake. Well, uh, my, my trainer, my first day out there, uh, he fell asleep in the car. Uh, I was driving, he just fell asleep. So I'm like, I guess I'm going to run this show. Um, and so I was one beat and he was another, he was, he, his uh, area was the South side of Davis all the way to, and then he had like a, an apartment complex all the way in like South sack. It was really weird. That's like super far away. So, um, when I became the other half of that beat, I guess you would say it was, uh, we were never there for each other. Like we couldn't help each other out. Like if he needed, some sort of assistance with like a um an unruly person because we tried our best tonight not call cops you know because they have bigger things to do uh but sometimes we had to be like you know what people aren't gonna listen to us so we're gonna have to get p d out here to take care of it and generally what we what we would do is I would go to like a noise complaint and I would say, hey guys turn it down and then uh, and then I'm like thanks you know that'd leave but if I get called out there a second time I'd say, hey, I got caught out here a second time third time I'm not coming out but p d is And then they're going to probably fine you with a, you know, noise disturbance or whatever. And I don't know the legalities on all that, but I just, it was kind of like a, you know, like, Hey, I'm done playing with you, you know, and if a police officer gets called out to an apartment complex for loud music, they're going to be annoyed because that's such a small call. They don't want to go out there for that. Um, But you know, it, it was done many, many times, but one of my first calls uh, when I uh, was fully trained, I guess, uh, as you would say, it's not really rocket science, you know, because a security guard's job is to observe and report. That's all you're supposed to do. Um, but I get a call of, it was this noise disturbance. That's all I got from our dispatch was noise disturbance at this apartment complex in in Woodland. And I get there and I hear like, you know, yelling and stuff like that. But I'm just thinking it's just like a, a like a party or whatever or people having fun so I knock on the door now I know better um, to not stand I, I, I forget what they call it. I think it's called a fatal funnel uh, basically right there in the doorway um, I don't want to stand right in front of the door so I kind of stand off to the side knock on the door and this dude opens the door and he's about my size so he opens the door really really fast and he just kind of like stares at me and then I could kind of tell like it's not just a noise disturbance it's, it's a domestic dispute which is probably one of the most dangerous things you know you could respond to by yourself. And I'm like, "Oh, dude, like I don't know how to handle this." And so I just like say, "Hey, man, we had like a noise complaint." You know, I I talked to him all cordial and nice and he's all then he was just like he just kind of like vented to me. He's like, "Yeah, man, she bleep bleep would do this. This is this. like, well, Hey, let's just come outside for a second, man." You know, I'm all, I, I got time, let's talk." And so you know, he just came outside and, you know, he just like, I just, my goal was to get them separated. Um, just, I did not want them side by side. Cause generally, you know, if, if you got two parties standing next to each other, they're going to, I didn't say that, you know, they're going to kind of keep fighting. So I wanted them to cool off a little bit. Um, and so I just talked to him and I was like, yeah, man, I know, you know, I was like, I, I could see how you'd be frustrated with that, but, man, like, you, you just can't be, like, yelling like that. And I was just like, hey, but she wants you to leave tonight. Do you have anywhere you could go? He's like, oh, I don't know, man, maybe. And it ended up working out. I mean, as far as I know for that night, like, you know, he grabbed his stuff and he went and stayed somewhere. And, um, you know, they thanked me and everything. But it was just kind of – all I did was just listen. You know, I think that's what they needed was just a, a separation for a second, just a, a break from each other. And, like, in most – incidents, whether it being uh, you know, in a marriage or just friends, you know, you are around that person for too long. Sometimes you just need to like go to the other room, cool off, and then re engage into the conversation once um the emotions have settled a little bit. And that's all I did for that. And so I'm not gonna lie, I was kinda proud of myself just because I was like, man, you know, I'm that's my one of my first calls. I did pretty good. Um you know, then uh you get the like I said, the typical party calls. Um I get this uh, one call at an apartment complex and around this time I got myself like a, uh, it wasn't um, a vest cam or a badge cam. It was more of a, uh, just an audio thing. Um, Cause I, I did that for my reports. So I would kind of like record the audio for my reports. So the very end of every call, i had to write a report um, on who I made contact with, you know, what happened. Cause that all goes to the leasing office. So if they see a truant, tenant that's in there of, uh, uh, that's, uh, being, uh, loud or just obnoxious, you know, leasing office is going to probably give them an ultimatum, like a, uh, eviction notice or whatever. Cause you know, they have to uphold their living standards as well. So, um, I get to this one apartment complex and they didn't know where the, the reporting party said, so they don't, we don't know where the sound's coming from, which is hard to believe. Cause as I pulled up, it's very, very loud. It's like, there's a full on rock concert. And mind you, I'm by myself because uh, the other guy, w- who was asleep in the car, uh, my trainer, or whatever, he he he's nowhere near my apartment complex. His his beat is on the other side. And sometimes, I mean, security—they don't get the best uh, people to work security companies. Sometimes you couldn't even get them on his radio. So I come around a corner, and I kid you not, there was maybe a hundred people um in this one apartment complex or this apartment and it was just blasting music i have a feeling this was like their last night there so it's like their last hurrah so um at that point it's just obnoxious like loud like you know you're being loud at that point so i just yell I, i i i don't even try to like you know hey excuse me can you guys please turn it down no i'm just like all right shut it down shut it down everyone go home and everyone just like started leaving i'm like wow really like they're listening to me um and then i'm like who who lives here and you know it was kind of like that scene from home alone with joe pesci the beginning you couldn't really find who the uh main person of the house was and they, they kept like lying like oh no it's this guy oh no it's this guy And then eventually PD showed up behind me as everyone was leaving and they, I mean, they had canine and everything. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, but there, once, once they got there, everyone started leaving a whole lot faster, but I was just, it was my first, uh, taste of, uh, you know, encountering like a, a a big situation by myself at first. And that was, uh, that was pretty intense. Um, I got a couple funny ones. Um, there's, down the road, there's a different apartment complex. And sometimes at the end of my shift, I'm just, I'm tired. I, I mean, cause you walk a lot. And especially with me, I would actually patrol the uh, apartment. So the way that it worked is, uh, you would have like a, their contract would be like, uh, you would have to hit the apartment complex eight times. So, but like with different, like an hour in between each hit. So I would like just basically drive in circles all night and hit apartment complexes, but I wouldn't go to the same spot twice. Um, usually if there's one that has a, an area that I know is known for, um, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, mischievous, uh, you know, actions or whatever, I would hit that area then another spot. So, um, this time around, i I, I'm, I, I usually split my apartments up into quadrants. So I'd hit this quadrant and this is just what I did personally. I hit this quadrant once and then I go to the next one, but this one. I was like, man, I'm super tired and I was cold because it was you know, I think it was winter time. And this apartment complex had an elevator. So I'm like, cool, I'm gonna hop up in the elevator, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat myself to like a little bit of rest for a second. Get in the elevator, and it's only one floor, it only goes up one floor. And the elevator made like this really weird grinding noise, and then it just stopped. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I have no cell phone service in, in the elevator. And so I'm like, dude, does the elevator just break on me? And so I'm, I'm hitting the buttons. I do what everybody does. I, I start hitting the buttons to try to see if I can get it to open. I try opening the door like they do in the movie. That's a lot harder to do than in the, than in, in the movies. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, dude, I do not want to call uh, the fire department. Um, I don't want to ring the bell because I think the bell sets off like a siren because it's middle of the night. People are asleep. So I'm like, you know, what do I do? So I was able to like move around the elevator that I got a little bit of service. And so I called, um, at that time we had like a, um, it was like a kind of like a swing shift. So like it would, we had a third guy out there and his shift would kind of roll over indoors a little bit. So I called him I go, dude, you need to call fire department or something. I'm stuck in the elevator and I just hear him laughing. And then I hear him, uh, cause our, our, walkie-talkies were like those old nokia i think they're nokia or motorola two-way phones so you could just queue up someone's name and then click the button but if you go on like the dispatch thing everybody could hear it so i hear him calling he calls in on dispatch to roll pd because one of the guards is stuck in the fire or, or stuck in the elevator and i'm just embarrassed and i hear everyone laughing and so about like you know 10 minutes later i hear a fire department roll up and they they're hitting on the door and they're like are you okay in there i'm like yeah i'm fine i just want to get the door open um but I'm, then i started thinking like dude what if this is it what if this is the uh the way i'm supposed to go out like you know like i lose oxygen and i die in an elevator one story in the air in davis california what if that's you know my story what if that's the way i go you know and then they opened it up and you know, I was like, you know, oh, like this light shines through with their, their flashlights. And they're like, are you okay? Are you feeling? It? I'm like, dude, I am good. Uh, you know, so, but that one was kind of funny. I, I, you know, I, of course I had to write a report on that, you know, mainly maintenance, you know, cause they needed to fix their elevator. Um, I mean, I can only imagine that was a kid and didn't have a, you know, didn't know what to do. Someone playing around the elevator, it would have just been bad. Um. But, uh, the other one was, uh, this one was very interesting and might not be, might not be safe for the little ones. Um, so like I said, my other half of my, um, you know, the beat was we, we split up in the they're called Nora units. So phonetically the letter N is Nora. So it was Nora one, Nora two. I can't remember which one I was. I think I was Nora two and the other guy was Nora one. So I hear dis- and I'm in Woodland. And so I hear dispatch say Nora one. And I hear him answer. And then they, ba- he, they basically say he needs to go to an apartment complex because there, um, are two individuals, um, having relations in the pool area. And so it, there's just radio silence and I'm sitting there laughing. I'm like, cause this guy Nice guy and all, but he had no, um, he didn't know when to put on his big boy voice. Um, he just didn't care about life or something. I don't know, but, um, he's all, I can't, I'm all the way in South sack. You're going to have have Nora two do it. And also I hear Nora two, you copy. I'm like, are you serious right now? And so I, and so they go, she repeated it back to me I'm like yeah I, I heard you and then I'm like trying to get out of it I'm like I don't have keys for the pool area um, I'm like all the way in Woodland and then she's like well You're closer so you gotta take the call I'm like great So I start heading over there And I'm in no hurry Whatsoever to get over there um, Finally I get there And the way that this pool area is set up Is you can actually walk right up to like the Spa area from the outside where the gate is Um, because there's like a bush that kind of like follows the hot tub area, like in a half circle. So they can't see me, but I could kind of sort of see them. But as I pull up, I, the apartments kind of surround the pool area. I see everybody staring at the window. I'm all these people are still in here. I'm like, gosh, dang it. So I'm like, I don't want them to like take off. So I want to like get their information and so I go around to the back side of the pool. On the other side, there's like this little um, bathroom or whatever. So I, I hop the fence over there, which is very difficult to do because it's like a wrought iron fence. And I had on, you know, my duty belt. I had on, a, you know, my, my bulletproof vest and everything. It, it's it, it's not easy to do, especially those fences. So I hop over, and then I, I get a... Now I get a clear view of what I'm approaching. And uh to... <laughs> to save you guys a visual, the guy's back is facing me. The girl is facing forward. I don't, but I I don't see, you know, anything. I just see her face, but her eyes are closed. But you could clearly tell they're doing stuff. So I approach and I get maybe three feet from them. and I go hi, and she looked like she saw a ghost, and she uh, she did not hesitate. She goes. Uh, Quote unquote, she goes, um, we could just leave. Then can we just forget about this? I go, no, not at all. I'm all you guys need to get out of the spa. And so she just hurries up and gets out and she's 100% naked and she's sitting there still like talking to me, like trying to explain herself. Now everybody in the apartment complex is staring at me. And so I felt like I'm like being like interrogated. Like how's this guy going to handle the situation? So I told her that you need to go grab a towel and put a towel on you. And then I'll talk to you. Then the guy gets out and he's like trying to like, you know, buddy, buddy me. He's like, Oh man, you're, are you new here? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm inside. I'm like embarrassed. Like, I, I don't know why I'm embarrassed. I'm fully clothed. But he just sits there. And he's like, Oh yeah, I don't, haven't seen you around here. I'm like yeah. Cause this isn't my area. I'm like I came here because I got called for you guys. He's all, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I work here in town at a nonprofit organization. I'm like, dude. I do not care where you work right now. I'm like, I do. I just caught you guys like doing it in a spa. And I'm like, if I'm, and then I just kind of like, you know, read them the riot act right there. And then she kind of got clothed that they came over. I got need you got both of you guys' IDs. And then I got both their IDs and I wrote their, their information down. And I said, and it turned out the girl is a resident there, which made me wonder just go to your room, go to your apartment. Why there? But that's besides the point. And so I basically then tell them, I say, Hey, I just let you guys know I'm not a cop. And they go, you're not. I'm all, no. I mean, it's clearly I'm um, security everywhere. I mean, it says security. Um, maybe they're a drunk. I don't know. But um, I'm like, I, I'm all, I just want to let you guys know that you guys can't be doing this. I said, at the same time, you being the resident, I was pointing to the girl. I said, I highly recommend you go to the leasing office first thing tomorrow morning when they open and you tell them what you guys did before they get my report. They go, Oh, you got to write a report. I'm like, yeah, I do. And I go, you, it's better to be honest and upfront than for them to find out about this on their own. And so they're like, okay, well, thanks for being understanding. I'm like, I don't know how I was being understanding, but whatever. So they go, could you let us out? I'm like, no, they're all, why not? I go, I don't have a key. They're all how you get in. I'm all the same way you're going to get out. You're going to hop the fence. Well, there's no way I could hop. I'm I had to hop the fence to get in here. And so then they're hopping the fence. Now I have to help them over the fence because I don't want them to get hurt. So this dude's only in boxers. And boxers, when they're wet, they're not pretty. So I'm now having to like help this guy over the fence. Because um, like I said, I don't want them to get hurt. And... And they go about their way. And that was just, I had to call my wife afterwards and be like, honey, uh, I felt really awkward. <laughs> and she was like laughing. She's like, that's funny. I think she felt bad for me because what I had to witness. Um, but, and then let's see if I have any more stories. Oh, this is a good one. This is probably the most memorable one besides the spa one. Um, they have a thing there in Davis called Picnic Day. And I'm not sure what the, um, what do you call it? I'm not sure what the main reason behind picnic day is. I don't know if it's like a back to school thing or whatever, but either way, it's like Mardi Gras in Davis. It's crazy parties everywhere. So we had a lot of, we, we sent a lot of our patrol officers to Davis that particular night to help out with calls and everything. So, um, I'm at this one apartment complex and it's, um, it's not a good apartment complex. There's, I, I've, I've caught quite a few things going on there. Um, usually, like, you know, people, you know, selling drugs. I just kind of, like, shoo them off the property, you know, because I, I, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a cop, so basically I just, like, hey, get out of here. You know, send them somewhere else. Let them, let them be someone else's property. I'm contracted to protect that property. Nowhere else. You go across the street, dude, I don't care. But... So I'm just in patrol of this apartment complex and my buddy, Brandon, not the one I play music with, but my other buddy, Brandon, who I worked with there. um, He uh, was on duty that day, I think as extra help, if I'm correct. And he was in that same apartment complex at the same time as me. I didn't know it. And then I'm just walking and I, um, I if I remember correctly, Brandon calls me and he says, Hey, there's a guy peeping into uh, a window. I'm like, oh, snap. This is good. I want this one. I want this one. You know, it's go time. So I, I we're I kind of like meet up with him and we see the guy and we kind of make contact and we kind of go like, hey, the dude takes off running. So now we're in a foot chase, which is so exciting um, and tiring too. But this apartment complex has little, um, like each building is maybe with like it has like a gap of like maybe like three or four feet in between. So there's like a bunch of little alleyways. So it's pretty sketch. Um, and it's not the, uh, that's, those are the areas where I normally find a lot of the, the people like underage drinking or whatever people partying in there, people making out college town, you know, college stuff. And so I, I take off after the guy and he's pretty fast and, So I kind of lose sight of him, but I'm like, dude, I don't know where he could have gone, but I'm thinking, okay, if there's anywhere he would have gone, he would have gone to the main back parking area and trying to get off the property because there's railroad tracks behind it. Once he hits that property, I can't go after him anymore. So I've also lost sight of Brandon. Brandon, I think went to flank him somewhere else. And so when I come around a corner, um, we kind of like run into each other. Me and this, um, you know, the the guy that was peeping, and I, I was too far away to like, um, you know, get any sort of give him any sort of command, or you know, give myself any distance because we were right on each other. Like, like literally, like we ran into each other. So the only thing I could do at that moment was kind of like, because uh, it kind of knocked the wind out of me. It was kind of like bear hug him a little bit. And then we kind of both like fell into a car. And uh the guy started speaking nothing but Spanish. And so I'm thinking, okay, well this guy he doesn't speak in English. And so but he and he's he's kind of like putting up a little bit of a fight, but um it's like he's reaching for something, and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. So I'm like yelling, you know, mind you, I still have him in a bear hug, which is this is the funny thing. I'm not trained or anything in any of this stuff. I mean, I know how to put cuffs on, I don't know like a few control holds but at this moment i'm like dude i don't know what the guy's going for and so um i start yelling at him um i think this is right in spanish but i keep yelling manos arriba which is like hands up um however i still have him in a bear hug and i have his arms so i'm like i don't know how he could do that so he kind of has like his uh hand his arms kind of bent like at a 90 degree angle up in the air then i kind of have him against the car and then i put him in cuffs because i'm like you know what i don't know i'd I'm just going to be safe right now. I don't know what that dude's grabbing for. And so I I give him a quick pat down for for weapons and there's no weapon, and everything. And so then I'm just um by that time Brandon comes around the corner. I think he thought I was running a different direction. And so I'm like trying to ask the guy like questions in Spanish and everything and I'm, you know, I do not speak very good Spanish. It's Spanglish at best. And Brandon comes over. And he just starts busting out the most awesome Spanish ever. And Brandon's a white dude. And I'm like, I just look at him right there. I go, you know, Spanish. And he goes, man, I'm married to a Mexican girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And so the whole time Brandon's just sitting there just, you know, yakking it away with this guy in Spanish. I have no idea what's going on. So Brandon uh, coined me uh, the nickname, the bear hugger from that, from that point on. So to this day, we still talk about it. (laughs) Um, nothing happened to that guy. Police showed up and they said that um, they had to let him go because they went to the apartment, I guess um, where he was looking in and they had no idea he was there. And so they, so they, I guess they didn't feel victimized or no victim, no crime, something along the line of that. I can't really remember. It's been so long, but I was just like, it's like, man, dang it. I'm like, that's, I was, I was kind of frustrated at that cause I'm like, this dude was clearly looking in the window and there was a like a girl in there who i believe was underage i mean college when you're when you're older like college girls look kind of underage a little bit cuz you know you're so far removed from that age so half these girls are like i can't believe you're in college you look like you're like in like 6th grade but i was just like i don't know it it kind of frustrated me a little bit but um you know i have uh, you know one more this one is kind of serious um it was, um, I was working in um, the hood. This is a different security company. And this one's a lot more like, I don't really have very many funny stories from this one because a lot of the times at this particular security company I work for, um, I had to de-escalate situations um, because of my boss. He, he would, um, I guess, like, kind of antagonize people. Like... Uh, like, I guess, like, how would I say he, he he would be like, uh, what are you looking at? I'm like, dude, what are you trying to do? I'm not trying to get shot tonight, dude. Like, and this, uh, neighborhood is Norteno, Um, so it's, you know, a high, high gang area. So my goal there was to just, you know, like, especially in life, just be friendly with everybody, you know, and hopefully not be on anybody's bad side. Um, but he would like, um. Uh, it was kind of like it was a pissing contest for him. Every single time someone would look at him, where he's like, "Where are you looking at?" And so, uh, I just, I ended up having to leave that company because I just got tired of dealing with, um, putting out his fires. And he was the boss. It just made no sense to me. But this one day, uh, I was uh, there was th- these people and they had a, uh, um, a car battery that their, their battery died in their car. And so they asked me if I knew how to jump it. I said I. I I do, but I can't jump you right now cause I'm working. I said, but if you find someone else with a car, I can help you jump it show you where to put the uh, cables and stuff. Meanwhile, my boss, you know, probably because of him, his own mouth, you know, he, uh, I see him, uh, not harassing, but he's, uh, like talking to like a homeless guy guys, obviously homeless and I'm a good, I don't know, 60 feet maybe maybe even a hundred sixty to a 100 feet away from him. But I'm kind of keeping my eye on him because the homeless guy looks kind of aggravated, like his arms are going in the air. And last thing I want my boss to do is get into, like, I felt like I was constantly babysitting everybody. Um, I felt like he uh, could end up doing something pretty stupid at this point. And so I'm sitting there, you know, keeping my eye on what's going on with my boss and then at the same time trying to jump this person's car. And so I'm like, well, whatever. I'm not his babysitter. I'm going to let him do what he does. I'm just going to concentrate on these people. And then all of a sudden I hear him yell, knife. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I see that the homeless guy has a knife in his hand. Um, kind of just like a regular pocket knife. And so, um, you know, I I just run over there as fast as I can. Um, my boss kind of has uh, his is it so the other guy doesn't know I'm there. So basically his back's facing me, you know, in hindsight, I look at it. I'm like, man, there's a lot of things I could have done differently to handle that. Uh, But when I'm in the moment, I'm like, I, there's so many things I did wrong, but it ended up being okay. But um, usually my thing is uh, if, if someone pulls a knife on me and I have a gun, well, sorry, I'm going to the gun. I'm not going to, you know, play fair. You know, I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to go home to my family. But, for some reason I decided to run over there and just tackle the dude. And when I say tackle him, I'm talking, um, full on, like line backed him to the ground. We went into the bushes. Um, him and I, um, knife. I wanted to knock the knife out of his hand is what I ultimately wanted to do. And I, I did do that. And when we landed in the bushes, he started to fight me. And so I was able to, at this time, I've already did did my stint working for corrections. So I knew a lot more control holds. So once he's on the ground, I'm good to go. I got him, you know, in an arm lock. And he's actually uh, pretty flexible. And so I kind of, um, I don't know what it's called, but there's like this area right below your jaw where you could just put a little bit of pressure. And they did it to me um, when I worked at the county. And oh my gosh, it hurts. Right when I did that to him, he, you know, I think it's called pain compliance. He basically just went like, he's all, okay, we're good. And so he got the cuffs on him and everything. And um, he ended up going to jail uh, for pulling the knife on my boss, um, which was good. Uh, I was pretty stoked about that um, because I, I just, like I said, I wanted to go home at the end of the night. But um, what sucked about that was the dude smelled so bad to this day. I, I can't even get that thought. I don't you know, it was like a like like he wore uh, sweaty clothes for like a year. It was horrible. And I still had like four hours, four or five hours left in my shift. And normally I have like um a second um uniform. Like when I worked at the county I had like four uniforms just in case I got blood or other bodily fluids on it. I would just shower and change there and, you know, clock back in or whatever. But this is a security company. I mean, they only give you like a couple of uniforms. So I'm like, crap, dude, I smell so bad right now. So I went to the dollar general that's right there. And I went down there, a little perfume area and I like sprayed some bod or some ax spray all over me just so I could, you know, get through the day. You know, I totally smelt like a bro for the rest of the day, but security has its moments. It has its, uh, fun times, bad times. Um, um, but the reason why I was talking about that is like w- when a lot of the people, they use a uh, security as a, um, like a, I guess a platform, like, like to test the waters, if you will, to see if like, do I want to get into law enforcement? And I do know that like, I absolutely loved, um, working, um, at the jail where I worked. Uh, and I'll get into the. It. I'll get into it in another episode on why I'm not there anymore. Um, That's more of an emotional story. Um, Nothing. I mean, nothing bad happened. It's just uh, um, that uh, story will be mainly focused on personal failure and depression. I could just leave it at that. Uh, But with uh, security, you know, I had some good moments. I mean, it's it's really boring at times, but at the same time. we as people could be our own security, and we don't have to um, rely on like paid guards to um, always, you know, be the connection with the police. And what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is is uh, communicate with your. Lo- if if you live in a smaller town and you see uh, a couple cops, make friends with them. Like like you don't have to be like friends friends with them. Get to know them. Get to know them as people. Get to know them as uh, um, officers. Do a ride along. Get to know what their their life is like, um, what they deal with on a nightly basis. That way you can better understand of the crap that they're dealing with and why sometimes they act the way they do. A lot of the times people say, oh my gosh, that cop was a jerk to me. Well, an hour earlier, he was um, pulling a dead baby out of a car on the highway. So how would you react? You know, it, it's... It's common sense, you know. Everybody has bad days. I mean, I come home from selling pizzas sometimes, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm ha- I'm in a bad mood. But I'm like, why am I in a bad mood? I no one died on my watch today. I didn't have to shoot anybody. I didn't almost get killed. I'm blessed, man. But these cops, man, th- th- these guys, they they need our support. And uh, and like when it, when I'm like I said, bringing up security is we could easily do a lot of that stuff ourselves, and be proactive and not reactive um be on you know the offense you know know your community know the ins and outs if you see something suspicious report it um don't um don't let the cops walk into a firefight without them know there's a firefight there if you see something report it you could possibly save one of their lives you know if you see a gun. Let them know, hey, I saw a gun or whatever. That way they're a little bit more on the, you know, offensive. That way they're going in and they're going to go home and we're going to get that number down lower from, you know, 45 gun – I think it was 45 or 40 gun-related, you know. We got to get that number down. And you'll be surprised. I mean, they're human. They have the same emotions as us. Um, And like I said, like when it comes to, like, failure and stuff, like with, like, you know, what I went through – There's a lot of pride in there and so a lot of it you know we don't want to show emotion um because it shows weakness right well you know it took me seven years to realize that 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 showing that weakness or harboring that um that thought of showing weakness was internally killing me it was um rotting away my insides my heart my brain not literally but just like my my soul i wasn't fun to be around and you know, these guys need an outlet. So if they have the, if they know they have the support of the community um, behind them, um, then their lives will be that much easier. It's not gonna be perfect, but their lives will be that much easier. Um, You know, it's just, uh, if I saw those things as a security guard and those are weak, complete weak stories, if any cops are listening to this and I know we have a few that are cops they're probably like rolling their eyes and like dude this guy you know that's nothing I got this story which I, I love police stories. Some of the, most of the podcasts I listen to are like police stories because granted I'm not in law enforcement anymore and I'm not gonna not planning on going back but i I really um, enjoy hearing those stories um, because I like to see how people's brains work when they're under pressure and I also, um, you know, like to stay on top of what's going on in my community. Um, but like I said, they're humans too. We got to rally around them, be there for them. And they, they don't have, um, the opportunity like we do like normal civilians. I mean, they're, they're under more of a microscope than anybody, especially with cameras, um, camera phones, uh, you know, the, uh, media, biased media, but I'm, I'm 100% positive there's more people out there that are for them than against them. And we need to show that. Um, and that, that means, you know, us, you know, being proactive in our communities and taking those measures and making sure that we keep crime um, out of our neighborhoods by um, notifying the proper authorities of it. Now, granted, you know, With California's laws right now, you know, we can't really report homeless because a lot of the uh, um, agencies have a policy where they're not allowed to do anything, which is a topic for a whole other day. Um, But I'm talking about um, just where we could start right now is just uh, if you see if you see one of them, shake their hand, say hi, um, buy them a coffee. Um, Heck, even write them a note. Just hand it to him, say, hey, I I just words of encouragement. That's a it's a huge love language that I know uh, a lot of cops like to hear, you know, like, hey, thank you. Thank you. Just just thanks. That's that one word means a lot to these guys. Heck, I had someone thank me the other day for working the day after Christmas. And he goes, hey, man, thanks for all that you do for us with the food. I'm like food, dude. I sell frozen pizzas. Don't thank me, man. Well, I'm making the world fat one pizza at a time. Well, you got to thank these other guys; they're the real heroes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have no idea where that came from, but you know, heck, I'll take it. You know, if that's the one place I get thanks, you know, I'll take it. But, um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll share some more stories. I, th- I think that's almost it for my security stories. I mean, everything else was pretty lame. You know, hey, turn on the music. You know, but it, it's, I, that's kind of one of those uh, stories where it, it's a little embarrassing cause I went from security to, uh, being a corruption officer back to security. And so it was kind of like you went back to an old girlfriend knowing that you didn't like her, but you had to go somewhere. Right. Um, so it, it just it, it that's a dark time in my life. Um, and I will get more into that, um, at a future episode when i get into that but wanted to keep this one kind of light and funny and a little bit intriguing um just wanted to put something out there um for the first of the year um i know it's been like a week or so but um yeah if you guys have any questions or want to hear um have any um comments about those stories or want to hear anything else um you could call us at 916-259-3030 um, just leave a message you can, you just direct it towards me and then i'll i'll re- reply uh, online um, or you know on the air or whatever uh, email us at the real wth show at gmail.com you can find us on uh, facebook at the real wth show as well um, and then let's see i'm trying to remember um, we we do have untapped but we don't do a at least when I do the show, I don't do a Beers and Cheers. Um, I think Wilson will still do a Beers and Cheers when he, if he does a breakout episode. But other than that, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope everyone had a great Christmas. And, um, oh, yeah, I you know, I got to start doing this. Wanted to thank MSR Arms because they are still a sponsor. And um, like what we said on the last show. Give them some love. Go like their Facebook page. Um, if you need any of your uh, parts for your um, your hunting rifle or, or your uh, sporting rifle, whatever, you know, go online, take a look. Um, see if they got something that you need. Um, and I believe if you use the code WTH5, you get 5% off of your order. Um, yeah, just go show him some love because he showed us a lot of love. He's very supportive of us and we're very supportive of him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I believe that is it. I think that's all I got. It's, uh, starting to get a little late here on New Year's Eve for me. i still alone. Um, my cat is looking at me really, really mad because I had to kick her off the table. And this is supposed to be our time, apparently. So, um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope you had a great Christmas and I hope you have a fun, safe, and New Year's. And I look forward to spending, uh, the new year, um, with everybody. And I can't wait to see, uh what's in store for this with a show and just spread the word, spread the love till, um, tell people to subscribe. Um, let's get those numbers up for us. Um, cause I, I really want to do a live show and I really want to do some fundraisers this year for, um, for some good causes, um, which will be talked about in future episodes. Um, so anyways, everybody, I will talk to you then, or I'll talk to you another time. Laters in the minj, Jobin.